Hi, I'm Spencer. And I'm Blake. Welcome to Weekly Jump, presented as part of the Geekly Grind Podcast Network. This is our weekly episode reviewing first impressions of newer anime and manga titles. Let's jump in. Hey everybody, we are back again with uh, more Weekly Jump. This time we're actually covering stuff that we... uh, normally would be doing except for this time it's ridiculous <laughs> well one of them is yep. one of the, my favorite anime i've seen in a long time and the other one is uh, i guess it's a manga <laughs> it's a manga that we read yeah uh this is uh start part of the recent trend that i've been doing where one of our things was suggested by somebody generally speaking from our discord one of our things was randomly selected to fill the other slot. So, uh, yeah, uh, if you're interested in submitting things for the Monday pod, I have a running list of suggestions. So go ahead and reach out to me pretty much any way you want to and let me know. And I'll put it on the list. This week's suggestion comes from Wolf's Lore. And uh, we'll get to that later. But first, we're going to be talking about this weird ass manga. <laughs> yeah, uh so so Blake, we're going to be uh for for our our page flips this week. We are reading High School Family Kokose Kazoku. Um pretty close. <laughs> is it is it good? No. <laughs> That's a general <laughs> consensus online as well, by the way. It's not just us. Oh, good. Most people online have found this as like, what the hell is this? <laughs> yeah, so I, I read the first three chapters. Uh, so here's what happens. The main character is a kid who is about to start his first year in high school. And he's so excited. And then it turns out that his dad never went to high school and took a high school entrance exam, got in, and is also going to high school as a freshman or whatever the Japanese equivalent is, too. And then also his little sister took a placement exam and placed up into high school, so she's also starting high school. And then also they can't leave their cat behind, and then also his mom, too. So the whole family is going to high school, and that's it. That's the premise. Uh, that's also the entire first chapter it is just a series of gags about now another character is going to high school and this is i i didn't look this up and it is not a term that i know the exact definition for off the top of my head but i'm gonna go ahead and call this a gag manga i think maybe it's not technically a gag manga because i know we covered the sasuke chibi nonsense a little while ago and that was explicitly a gag man- manga as stated in the manga itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is definitely a comedy manga. So I don't know if gag has a higher bar to clear of being a comedic take on a non-comedic series or something like that. But uh, I'm going to put it there. It-, it reminded me a lot of, you may remember some time ago when I covered the series Mori King on our weekly jump, which is about a uh, rhinoceros beetle in the shape of a man that wants to become the king of the forest, but is also the pet of a young kid. And it's it was kind of cute and funny, and I really liked it, and I have continued reading it, and I don't like it nearly as much anymore. I just think that the the runway on the joke sort of ran out. And the amount of times that the author is able to like find something really new and creative to surprise and delight me 
were to give me like a really funny composition or visual joke, it's really diminishing. And what I'm noticing is that a lot of the comedy of Maury King comes from the sister who is sort of the straight man doing a goofy face in the foreground and yelling incredulously about whatever is literally happening. And that is also the comedy of high school family. And I just don't think it's that funny. Mm. It's cute, I guess. I also didn't find it funny at all. I Spencer, I didn't enjoy this at all, Blake. (laughs) I enjoyed it about 10%. (laughs) I found it to be pretty tough to get through, but not absolutely abhorrent. Like it, it, it's not, devoid of any saving graces but it's not good Mm -hmm. Uh, i would say if you're looking for a really silly manga i would definitely recommend mori king over this Mm -hmm. i think they're extremely similar in tone and comedic style but mori king is better um but uh, spencer i have a question for you sure is high school family's art good (laughs) no All right, flip side of that coin. Is high school family's art bad? Uh, Because I don't know. I don't think it's bad, but it's definitely not good. Um, Yeah, I think that's where I'm coming down. It is like, I was sitting there looking at it and I was like, one, the dad is drawn in a different art style. And I think that's funny. Um, That's probably the funniest thing about the manga, actually. And... um, and other than that, the art style is super, super basic. It feels like it feels like the art style doesn't really have a personality of its own or really anything going for it. Like it's just it's almost a manga made up entirely of background characters from other series. And also the only thing I was like, I was like, I don't think this art is very good, but it's consistent. Like the characters look the same in each panel. So I guess it's technically working even though i don't think it looks very good yeah i i don't know uh this manga this manga was just uh it's it's one of those things where i'm like let me just put that in my rear view and never think about it again um yeah because if you're really bored <laughs> and you already have a subscription to viz you can check it out and so, see if you just so happen to it's, disagree. It's your recommendation if you have nothing better to do. In a world full of infinite media, this <laughs> if you're should literally never sitting cross. and watching the paint peel. <laughs> if you just moved and you're able to get, you know, the Wi-Fi off of the Starbucks next door, but it's not enough to stream a show. Yeah, okay, okay, hold on. sure stream a manga. uh, Hold on, hold on, Blake. So let's let's get very specific about this. If if you're going to recommend this, the the stipulations are, one, you have very bad Wi-Fi. Two, (laughs) you are not uh, okay going on YouTube and watching it like very, very bad frame rates three Uh you don't own a dvd player or a vhs player because i would recommend watching your old movies instead four i would say any book in your house is better (laughs) uh like like if you're like uh but i only have i only have cookbooks 
better. Uh, I only have an encyclopedia <laughs> better. Uh, so if you only have access to Viz, I would say read almost everything else My in Viz. My Hero Academia. Yeah, like, uh, absolutely. Just read My Hero for the fourth or fifth time all the way through before reading this. One Piece will take care of you for a long time. Uh, Look, yeah, I, it's this just is like, our lowest recommendation only... yet. <laughs> Other than maybe the... that, that weird ninja thing that I had to watch earlier. Well... Yeah, there have been a few oh series that God. we have actively not recommended. Like, this, this one, I'm not willing to say it can't be recommended, but it's most people are not going to enjoy this. Okay. Yeah, but it, you should, if you don't have a Viz subscription, don't get one for this. No. You, the only, you have to already have one in order to possibly read this. And even then, I would say just read something else. Yeah. Speaking of, speaking of, uh, well, first and foremost, let's, let's leave this behind and never talk about it again number two remember that we are still doing that giveaway for the uh the the eating people is cool tokyo ghoul uh artwork book so if you want to be a part of that because of our surprise two-week my hero academia diversion yeah three i have to talk to you really quick about a a manga that we loved and i wanted to revisit it because the anime has started to come out um and okay. that is uh oh gosh uh it's the it's the it's the one about the 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 guy that is a yakuza who uh the way of the house husband god well, i couldn't think of it for a second oh yeah so the anime has started to come well, out you know you loved i didn't read that one because it was before in the before time we were not reading the same thing each week <laughs> mm-hmm. okay so way of the house husband is great here's the problem the problem is that instead of turning it into an anime, they turn it into a flipbook style um, where it is basically artwork that is moving across the screen, and that's really all it is. So it's kind of like a narrated uh, book. Uh, like Oh, it's artwork. like a motion comic. Yes, and I hate that. Okay. I thought it was bad the way that they did it um and i've heard bad bad reviews it's it's especially frustrating because i love the manga so much and the manga does beautiful movement and they express beautiful movement throughout the and the 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 drawing style and with that being said this is one of those that i would suggest read the manga do not worry about the anime. Only worry about the anime if you're one of those people that just can't deal with the manga. Because the story is still the same. It's exactly the same. But the anime is far inferior to the manga for this specific show. Um, so, so from hearing you, the, the production style or choices of the anime, in your opinion, detract from the story. Which is technically unchanged, but is underserved in the animated medium compared to the drawn medium. Yeah, by a large margin. It's it's really okay. it's really frustrating if you've if you read the manga and then you're watching the anime, it's it's actively frustrating to see it that way. Um if you disagree with what I'm saying, like you feel free to check it out if you really want to. Um but I love the manga. I have uh read all of the manga. It is fantastic um it has some of the funniest jokes that i've ever read in a manga 
Um, it's also uh, for for the ladies and the gay gents out there. Um, it has oh. uh, a, a lot of a lot of people are like he's their hus- husbando or whatever. Um, the the house husband guy. Yeah. Um, just okay. because he is so he's he's uh, dangerous and also endearing as fuck. Um, especially because he loves his wife more than he loves anything else in the world. Um, and so there's, he's definitely, he's definitely high up on the list for some, some of the people out there. Um, the Twitter versus a, a Twitter about him. Um, but anyways, uh, that's my recommendation for that. And, uh, speaking it's of recommendations, recommendation brought to you unscripted by Spencer Miller. <laughs> Speaking of recommendations of things you should definitely watch because they are fucking great, um, is our uh, screen time this week, which is Death Parade. And uh, as someone who has seen Death Parade before, I was super Ah. excited to get to watch episodes again of it. Um, As someone who has probably never seen Death Parade before, which is you, how fucking uh, mind blown of a twist were you in that first episode? Yeah, so... uh... Yeah, uh, once again, Wolf's Lore, thank you for suggesting this. Um, Death Parade, I did not know what it was. I then turned it on and recognized it immediately from Jeff Thu, a.k.a. Mother's Basement, talking enthusiastically about it some time ago and being like, hey, that sounds interesting. I'll check it out sometime. And then in the intervening time, I forgot what the name of it was and uh, was surprised that this was that when I turned it on. Um, surprised and delighted. I thought it was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, it is like, I don't know, this play, there's this play called No Exit. Uh, oh, which yeah. Which is a play that I, I love No Exit. It's one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a, a good, that's a, a good representation of what Death Parade is. Yeah, it's No Exit plus Saw without... <laughs> being nearly as intense as either of those <laughs> it's no exit no no saws it no saw saw exit i don't know we'll find it but uh yeah i was just like this is and so uh death break <laughs> so <laughs> so uh yeah it's um it, it is a a story about people finding themselves in the afterlife and needing to go through some sort of trial in order to determine whether they will pass on to heaven or hell. Although in, you know, in a technical sense, they actually pass on into either a reincarnation pathway or a void. But uh, according to the character who tells them that they're going to heaven or hell, it's easier for people to grasp what that means than to be more specific. Um, So, yeah. I guess I'm on the one hand, I'm spoiling a reveal from the first episode that that's what's happening. But on the other hand, it's the premise of the show. So, you know, if you, it's, I don't know. You can't spoil something if it's the premise, I think. So, uh, yeah. So these, uh, the first episode is about two, two people who show up who uh, died at the same time because they were in the same car and they uh, basically you have to play a game that has some sort of weird Yu-Gi-Oh-esque high stakes added to it that is sort of unrelated to the game, but in some way makes the game more intense. And playing the game, 
does two things, or it, it does one thing which causes a second thing. The one thing that it does is that when you die, the shock of dying sort of wipes out your memories from the last little bit of your life. And so the people who arrive here do not initially know or realize that they are dead. Through playing the game, their memories start to come back to them, and uh, eventually they realize that they have died. Uh, also, the effect of the memories coming back in concert with the sort of high-stakes game, which is uh, is set up as, at least nominally, as a game where the loser is putting their life at stake. Um, so they believe that they will be killed if they lose the game. The game has some sort of extra weird thing to make it more stressful, and their memories of their life before they die up to and including the moment of their death come back gradually through the game these all cause them to go into sort of like a higher stress state and reveal their true colors ultimately and it is this revelation that is actually the point of all of this because they will not die at the end at least not technically because they are already dead However, they could be sentenced to releasing to the void, which is, as far as I understand it, basically just ceasing to exist when the alternative is to reincarnate. Um, so that's the premise. And yeah, the first episode, this, one of the reasons I thought of Saw, uh, obviously, is the, the sort of pain they're inflicting on each other as the, the sort of extra mechanic of the game, but also is the sort of twistiness of the narrative because if i remember correctly it's been a long time since i've seen a saw movie and maybe an even longer time since i've seen a good saw movie uh the 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 whole premise is kind of predicated on this like slow march of misery that starts to reveal clues that piece together the the secret behind what's going on uh so I would say Death Parade is like that, but unlike Saw, it is not torture porn. There is a little bit of hard-to-watch moments, especially in the first episode. Uh, I, I watched the first three. I found the second two episodes, episodes two and three, to be pretty easy to watch comparatively. The first one's pretty pretty rough, but not like it's not like Saw. It's not about the, the pain that they're inflicting or, or gore or anything like that, but there is people being put into physical pain and uh, a little bit of blood. Um, so it, it sort of evoked that, but in a much tamer sense. And then, yeah, I think No Exit has a really interesting kind of dourness to it that in the play is tempered by a, a sort of sardonic, sarcastic air, but there's a darkness there. And I think the first episode here has a lot of darkness. The subsequent episodes, it's interesting. It, the plot seems to focus if there is a main character on this sort of facilitator of this test um, or facilitators because there are multiple characters but uh, the main focus of like what's happening in each episode um, at least for the at least the impression that I get is that most of the show will be focusing on these trials that the recently deceased are going through and the various life stories that that reveals to us um it, yeah this was just it was fascinating also uh 
it's Studio Madhouse, I believe, uh, if I was reading the end credits correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they're a tr- consistently good studio. Here, they're doing something really interesting. There is a lot of well-hidden CG work in this show. Yeah, um, they definitely they definitely is, play around with the edge of doing CG, but doing it in a way yeah. that's very um, married to the artwork. And that w- in, yeah, in, in that way, it is extremely well done. Yeah, as somebody who is not an artist, and so maybe my terminology is not quite right, I believe what they're doing here is digital artwork. So they're eschewing a lot of hand-drawn work for um, letting the computers do that work for you. And what you get is really realistic-looking artwork, like extremely high-quality artwork, um, but uh, without maybe the same charms as a Cowboy Bebop or a Miyazaki but um it looks really good like it's not it's not high quality in exactly the same way but it's really pleasing to look at and they utilize the the digital nature of it to do some really interesting camera work and to allow for extremely detailed backgrounds that that add to the ambiance which i think this show more than a lot of shows i've seen really really uses ambiance as a part of the experience yeah it Um, it has it has a very good soundscape like we don't talk about that a a lot inside of anime just because of the way that a lot of them are done um this one does a very good job of doing a good suspense uh uh really really good suspense work um that you would see in film or television that is uh to say there's there's a couple of different ones that I, I've seen recently, and uh, speaking of something that is is really weird but also fantastic that does a very good job of this, there is uh, a a podcast that I just started listening to, and I'm I'm already most of the way done with it. Um, it's called the Left Right Game, um, and uh, it's uh, Tessa Thompson, I think is her name. Uh, she was the Ooh. the Valkyrie um, from. Uh, Thor Ragnarok movie as well as uh, more stuff but uh, she she is in it and one of their sponsors that like I think was one of the reasons that the show got greenlit in the first place um, especially with the budget that it seems to have is because it was sponsored by Sonos and so one of the things that they do is that they really kind of like mess with your head with sound and they play around with the back and forth of it and the story and the acting is good. I am a fan of that. However, I will say I sometimes will leave the car feeling like a little bit extra unnerved because of the soundscape that they play around with. It it really mm-hmm. plays around with the, like the left and right side of the speaker. It's not in perfect stereo at all time. Um, so it can really sound like there's a, you know, like a car crash coming from your right while you're driving. So it can be like oh, pretty jarring. Freaky. Yeah. So there's, there's ways to do that, that are really freaky that, uh, that are done really well like that. A good example of a movie that you might've seen that does a very, very good example of this is a movie called It Follows, um, which is a horror mm-hmm. movie that does a really, really good job of creating a soundscape that makes you feel unnerved. And this show, as an anime, is one of the first anime I've ever seen that does that as well. 
in the first episode, as you are watching these characters go through these trials, especially when they get to the parts with the darts where they're actively hurting each other and the the sound of like blood pumping as well as the sound of like the music getting tighter and more discordant it really makes you feel like you're starting to lose it a little bit with the characters yeah. and there especially when they they do the flashback to the 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 scene of the death it's just like it 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 really does a beautiful job at creating a full story that is not just beautiful for the eyes it is also really beautiful for the ears and i think that that is something that is a lost art sometimes when putting out good quality um anime as well as being putting out like good quality anything inside of a video medium um but uh, a, a lot can be said about the sound work that is done inside of shows um i i would yeah. say i would say probably the best like foley work i've ever seen inside of an anime other than that is is something like the samurai champloo or to a much much larger degree because it is a big focus of it is mushishi um mushishi does mm. a beautiful job at creating a soundscape that makes you feel at ease and also can like turn that on its head in like a split second by removing that at ease music that it plays for you um it, it, it there's a there's a great article um I, I i'm gonna go try to find it and post it on our twitter but it talks about Mushishi and what they do with removing the things that make you feel comfortable in some moments. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, pulling that rug out from underneath you is just such a cool effect because you're just yeah. getting, you you get somebody almost into like a Pavlovian response to the show that they're about to watch. And they're like, I'm expecting this. And when you take that away, it's like, oh my God, I remember that episode so well. And it's just because it's just like, yeah, it's the episode that they actively decided to do something different and it messed with you because of it. Yeah. And I, I think this show, uh, it sounds like, have you watched the whole thing? Oh yeah. I, well, I'll, I'll have season okay. one, uh, of okay. mm-hmm. So my, my sense from the first three episodes, the first episode really hit me with the no exit plus saw DNA. Mm-hmm. They lessened that in the second and third the second episode is not actually about a, a pair of people. It's always a pair. It's not about a, a pair of people doing the test as much as it is sort of the behind the scenes mechanics of the test itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also, it, one of the things that's so interesting is that episode one, the story of these deceased people is one of revelations. They, they are each potentially hiding something from the other one. And they each potentially have secret thoughts, worries, concerns about the other one that may or may not be based in truth. Mm -hmm. And so as they're playing this game and as the stakes get higher and as the uh, memories come back, this story starts to spill out in a way that makes you... it, it, It comes out in ways that make you recontextualize what came before it and question what you know about these people and which one you think is is the good person. And at the end, I felt pretty unsatisfied. Uh, not, not from the perspective that I thought it did it poorly. I actually think it does it quite well. 
But I thought the outcome wasn't one that I agreed on, which is, I think, a good reaction. Because my my reaction was, I want to talk to somebody about this. I want to dissect this. I want to think more about this because I'm interested and invested in the story that this show just told me and in the potential mistake that the show had its characters make. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think the show made a mistake. I don't think this was an error on the writer missing something. I think that this was the writer intentionally writing a plot line that leaves you unsettled about the outcome. Oh yeah. Then it gets addressed in the second episode. Yeah, it definitely, it definitely is. uh, It's unsettling. And it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those shows that at the end of it, it does that thing that plays do a lot of times where it's just like, let the audience out into the world. And one of the joys of theater is that you're supposed to have a conversation afterwards and it yeah, definitely you have to go live with what just happened to you. Yeah, and I would say that this is one of those this is definitely one of those anime that like uh you know during covid times, you know, do it at your own risk. Um and, you know, if yeah. you've been vaccinated, this is maybe more so for you. Um uh but I would say that this is one of those anime you should watch with somebody else. Um and the biggest reason why is that it sparks a lot of conversation. And it's going to make you want to talk. If you were one of those people that instead you're like, I would rather watch things by myself and maybe talk about it later. That's fine too. Find a discord, maybe our discord, shameless plug, um, mm-hmm. where you can come and you can like have a chat about what happened in death brain because it has, yeah. it, it, it's, it's very thought provoking. It's definitely one of those that I would suggest like a, like a uh, watching as like a group of people though is it's a really cool experience. Um, I, I had the the joy of my wife really never watches anime um, and we watched the first two episodes of this um, and at the end of the first episode she was just like I am so unnerved right now and I was just like yeah, yeah. and she was just like I, I, I did not know anime would do this to me <laughs> I was like well it's something you know it does that kind of thing some you know it's a good medium um, yeah so- I think I think anime and we as anime fans, this is not going to be news to any of you, but I think anime often gets a bad rap as sort of reductively cartoons for adults and people either see it as a very childish or very sort of edgelord adulty with, you know, weird violence or weird sex stuff. Um, It's also, you know, it comes from the uh, Japanese creative mindset, which is different than ours and can be, sort of strange and off-putting to some people who aren't as into like, you know, stepping outside of the the bounds of creativity that they're used to. So I, uh, I think one of the challenges that we as anime fans often have is if you are not an anime fan, what is something I can show you that will at once be a story that you find interesting and well-made and that will in some way dispel the notions that you have about anime that are unfair and i think that death parade might not be the first show i would put on that list but i definitely think it would live on that list you know we we talk about this sometimes and often my go-tos are uh things like cowboy bebop full metal alchemist maybe even attack on titan although again i've only seen the first season so maybe that might need to be updated but i think those are those are anime that do a lot to show you that 
anime can be so much more than this. Anime can be so much more than Dragon Ball Z, even though Dragon Ball Z has a lot of good stuff, but it is, it's a little simpler. Naruto is a little simpler, or at least Naruto himself is really annoying in the early episodes. Like these are shows that might have a bit of a higher bar to clear for someone who's pre-skeptical about anime, that something like beautiful and engrossing like Full Metal Alchemist, like Cowboy Bebop can snag you right away. Something that's, you know, full on horror, not what I was expecting, like Attack on Titan can get somebody. And these are shows that have often experienced a lot of popularity outside of the anime circles. And I think that Death Parade is a very much niche uh, but could serve as that for some people. And I think like, you know, my husband is not, he's not an anime person. We have a few anime movies. we got like Akira, Ghost in the Shell, a few Miyazaki's, that kind of thing. And he really likes them. He respects the art form, but it's just not something he's ever really gotten into. And when I'm watching something like Naruto, I can see that he just doesn't seem that interested. Uh, Death Parade, he caught the first episode and thought it was really interesting. And I'm like, this is a show that I could revisit with him. Because I think it has, I think it, I think it's a story that happens to be anime. And because of that, it sort of transcends the art form and can be a gateway show for someone who's skeptical, but really likes this kind of dark, pensive, thought provoking work. Uh, It could, it could really help to pull somebody like that in. Yeah. Yeah, I, this is a must. I would say this is a must watch for anime fans. It's a little it definitely intense, is. definitely not for younger fans. Mm-hmm. But if you're an anime adult fan who can do like a thought provoking drama, this is a must watch. Yeah. And with all that being said, uh, stick with us after these credits, and we'll give you another important life lesson. Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is made by Forever Summer Productions and presented as part of the Geekly Grind Podcast Network. Sound editing is done by Rashad English. He's our level 13 sound wizard. 13? Did he jump even more levels? He gained a lot of experience by defeating the Dark Lord of Smooth Jazz. Do you mean Chuck Mangione from King of the Hill? Rashad is the King of the Hill now. Damn it, Bobby. Anyway, our podcast is ad-free, and if you want to keep it that way, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Follow us on Twitter at B&S Get Jumped. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. Or talk to us on Reddit at reddit.com slash r slash get jumped. Also, we have a Discord server. You can find the links to that on all of our social media platforms. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. Reviews help other listeners find our show. New review episodes come out every Monday, and new rewatch episodes appear every Friday. And hey, thanks for listening. Hello, my name is Jeremy Snow, owner and editor-in-chief of The Geekly Grind. We interrupt your awesome, regularly scheduled programming to ensure you're aware of The Geekly Grind podcast network, of which this show is a treasured member of. If you haven't had a chance to check out our site, you can do so at thegeeklygrind.com, and while you're there, take a look at the other members of our steadily growing podcast family, including the anime-centric Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, discovering new heroes on comic book keepers with Chris and Lance, exploring the vast universe of geekdom with Geeksploration, or appreciating animation's finer details with JD's Ink and Paint Club. Escape your weekly grind at the Geekly Grind. We'll see you next week, and until then... I'm going to high school too, son! Didn't you know? My god, Spencer, I am going to high school. Oh god, our cat is also going to high school. And our dog. And our hamster. <laughs> and that squirrel that lives outside. And then it's like a cut And my axe! <laughs>
a potato chip crunch laugh. 